You are listening to Justice for All. Brought to you by the law offices of Scarpello and Latour. When things get tough, keep calm and call Scarpello and Latour. And now, from the Justice for All studios, here are your hosts, Josh Scarpello and Pierre Latour. And hello and welcome back, season two, episode two. <laughs> Josh Scarpello, Pierre Latour, back again for Justice for All. Say hello, Pierre. Well, hello, everybody out there. Welcome, welcome to the continuing COVID crisis. And I tell you what, for season two, bringing out the big guns. <laughs> Our first in-person virtual studio appearance, the Dream Team. We are pleased to be joined by two Philadelphia legends now, Mike Vanderveen and Bill Brennan, two of the lead counsel in the case of, uh, I don't know what the caption was, United States versus Trump. But either way, we are happy to have the lead counsel of of President Trump as our guest tonight. Welcome to the program, Justice for All, Bill Brennan and Mike Vanderveen. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. So glad you guys could make it. And, you know, we're going to put this up on YouTube, um, and I will put the link out on our podcast when we when we edit this. Hopefully you get a chance to see Bill sitting in front of his fireplace. It is just a fantastic shot. Um, I, I, I can't describe it with enough words, uh, but we're, we're pleased to have both you guys here. Fun fact, Mike Vanderveen gave Josh Scarpello his first legal job. Mike, thank you very much for joining the program. Uh, absolutely. He was right under the wing, uh, but he flew away pretty quick. And I just got to say, I got to say, the, the Philadelphia legend thing. If you you always have to say Bill Brennan and Mike Vanderveen because Bill Brennan has been a Philadelphia legend for decades. I, I think yeah. even possibly before I was born. I'm not sure, but for oh. so long has he been a legend that I mean, if I go down a list of all the cases that he's had, the doctors, the nurses, the the I mean, uh, uh, the priests and the. And, and the doctors and the nurses. And wait, I, I, let me keep the nurses out of that. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You're keeping very, uh, you'll get no argument from me there, Michael. And, you, and you're and you keeping very, very good company, I should say. A uh, uh, World Series, Donzel's in distress during the World Series. He's, 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 oh, uh, right. he's had it all. Yeah, Bill the world, really, it was the World Series, the World Series ticket caper, right? Yeah, that was the most that. fun I ever had. It really was. <laughs> Bill, we're going to talk about your your future as a legal TV jurist, but we have so many other because I think you're a natural. Um, and, and and if you've seen Bill, he's been interviewed a million times, and which is true. He's a noted, uh, longtime Philadelphia defense attorney, um, and has been seen and has been asked to to join a number of people on to talk about every big case that's been out there in the past 10 or 20 years. Um, but we wanted to talk about his... But, 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 Bill, but, Bill, you know, that's not true, that that case might have been your funnest until until we got that call. Uh, cool. Bruce Castor got that call uh, uh, on that Saturday. And actually, because I know what your first question is going to be. Go for it. Uh, Josh. Yes. 
right when right when the impeachment was going, while Trump was still president, he had contacted through politicians and and folks down in Washington, Bruce Castor and Bruce. You really got the call unrelated to myself or to Bill, uh, and you know they. They said, "Hey, you know, Bruce, we need, you know, we'd like you on this thing," and uh, and so uh, uh, you know, I'm going through the contract, you know, just to make sure everybody's gonna get paid. I'm doing the contract. <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Hold on, counselor, can I interrupt yeah. you for a second? It, that brings. Can I? I'm, we're going to go off on tangents, but I hate to sound crass, but when I sat at the dinner table tonight and I asked my lovely children and my wife. What do you want me most to ask these guys, right? What's the number one question that you want me to ask these guys? You want me to know, do I have to answer that? It yeah, had, we know what it is. And it, 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 yes, we did, and it was no trouble. Good. I just, I guess I told them I won't be so crass as to put it in those terms, but I will ask you delicately, did the witness, Mr. Green, arrive in time? I'll punt that to Mike. <laughs> We were retained in advance. We worked so damn hard and brought in so many resources. Retainer needed to be refreshed and was so on demand. A, a prompt pay, good pay. It was, you know, but so we so we working on the contract. Right. And uh, and and I give it to Bruce. Bruce sends it. This maybe, I don't know, Saturday night, six o'clock. We're still in the office. And uh, I don't leave my office to the car and it's all over the news. Bruce Caster's representing uh, the Trump and they got some other guy in it. And, uh, and so I, 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 I'm pulling into my driveway. It's all over the news. And I, the first text I get is from Bill Brennan saying, Hey, are we going to carry his bags? <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, absolutely. Pack. Well, <laughs> that's, one of, you know, and Mike, that's one of the fascinating things that's about true. it. They, they put together a legal team seemingly of guys from all over the country. Right, I mean, you guys were involved with a local guy here, but then you had counsel from Georgia, Mr. Uh, Mr. Schoen or Schoen, Mr. Schoen. Yeah, Dave Schoen, right? And then was sure. there anybody else that you worked closely with behind the scenes, other than those people that were in the forefront? There were five firms in the in Philadelphia, uh, you know, that uh, contributed different things in different ways. One guy just got half a dozen lobsters as a thank you the uh, other day for the you know in steamers. Uh, for you know, for the things they did, you know, what we did is we really did is we used our connections and our resources. We needed a brief done like that right. at, on the spot on Super Bowl Sunday at ten o'clock at night, and Bill just calls, you know, a guy uh, uh, up here in Philadelphia who's you know bangs it out as the staff because of his you know significant appellate practice and just had the ability to do that. So. Um, we pulled from a lot of different things from a lot of different firms. And, you know, our friends, our brothers and, and sisters in arms at what we do, you know, when, when the bell rings, uh, the, you know, the, the, the real ones uh, answer the call. Oh, yeah. You know, that, Josh, that, that, you bring that up a brief issue is a good point because I don't think people realize, you know, there's that great movie, The Verdict with Paul Newman and James Mason plays the old white shoe uh, lawyer that represents the Archdiocese of Boston. And he used a phrase, and you know, this is 40 years ago, and it, he says, for want of a shoe, a horse was lost. And I thought about that phrase yeah. for the last three years, but for want of a shoe, a horse was lost means we get down there. Mike Vanderveen basically packs an entire law firm 
into a G-Wagon, a Jeep Commander, and a pickup truck mm -hmm. and takes an entire law firm down to uh, uh, D.C. We're operating down to 7,000 square feet at uh, Trump International. And we just assume that resources will be available, such as they have specific requirements on how the brief is to be uh, uh, prepared, mm -hmm. you know, the, the type of uh, binding you use and things like that. It's Super Bowl Sunday night, and I look at these snowstorm. Snowstorm, don't forget the snowstorm. That's no. true. First one in three years. I look years. at these hot shots that, you know, are, are, are from the president of the client's team and say, well, we need it in this format and this many copies. And they go, yeah. I said, well, I assume you have access to a Kinko's or you have on site printing or you have a law firm. And they go, no, we don't. So we reached out to friends of, our, uh, friends of ours here in Philadelphia who sent their staff in at nine o'clock on Super Bowl Sunday night. And did these things for us, but and FedEx them to the Senate and FedEx them to us. But that type of support and help was really what got us through this. It, yeah. You know, most really talented lawyers, I think, could go down there and stand up an argument. But what Mike did that was so impressive is he took an entire law firm to a different part of the country and set up shop on a moment's notice. Yeah. And, and, How many and guys can do that? And remind us, remind us, guys, I mean, like, you got hired, I mean, what was it? Was it a week? Did you have less? How much time did you actually have to prepare before you had to go make argument in front of the Senate? I mean, it wasn't very long, right? About a week. Only. A little more. Wow. Now, you know, I, I, I had written this down, not facetiously, but one of my questions was, did you watch Trump's first impeachment trial? You know, uh, Bill and I and uh, another guy named Dave Schoen mm -hmm. um, uh, sat and watched. I'd say about fifteen minutes of it. Did you, know, you learn? Did you learn anything from it, or did you? Because isn't it a strange procedural well, kind of was, hearing? You know, we watched it just to really, from my my mind, just to get the physical setup. We were right. fortunate enough the night before it started to get a walkthrough um, from Senate staff of of the Senate and assigned our war room, which was the LBJ room and stuff. But uh, we did watch it uh, just a little bit. And uh, just to figure out, you know, how questions were going to be handled and that kind of stuff. And so now when when you're meeting with your team, you're given, I'm assuming, and again, I, I'm one of the questions I had as a lawyer was, you know, you, you've done hearings, both of you guys, all of us really, in different jurisdictions in front of different tribunals but this has to be unique you know right i mean first of all i don't even know and i've been a lawyer for 20 years and i was reading about it what all the procedural rules were before i had had you know cramped i mean you have to pick that up i guess to start with and then you know you well, got a single actually the rules the rules um were not uh were not voted on and by the senate and given to us until about I don't know, 10 hours before the hearings started. The, the House managers didn't give us their evidence until two and a half hours into the first. They, they were showing the, 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 the world their evidence before we ever even saw it. That's so incredible. it was totally different. But what was interesting was, you know, the courtroom stuff, it's kind of, you know, we all do that. That's what we do 30-something years. But we all had different, like, roles and talents. Like, Bill... You know, I mean, knows everybody here in Philadelphia and, you know, and is a very affable guy. 
But what he was doing behind the scenes down there in, in, in the Senate, this kind of backroom shuttle diplomacy that's going back, even negotiating the rules, um, coming to agreements on stipulations, that's all backroom stuff done between the senators and the senator's staff. And so, um, you know, where bills, you know, I tried, I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of cases to go down there and have to uh, politic and, and you know, be a, a, me a mediator and a communicator and a go-betweener, uh, a deal maker um, with the senators, um, you know, on the spur of a moment. It was just really something amazing to see. And we all did that. You know, we everybody figured out what their what what their roles were going to be. It was fluid. It was kind of always changing, you know, um, and, uh, you know, everybody picked up the, the ball when it was the first day or two were tough. And we got back there to that room and that uh, we got back to the, the war room uh, at Trump International, which, by the way, was this freaking, you know, 7000 square foot freaking made largest suite on the east coast aside from the suites that you know we all got and um and i said everybody keep your heads down and work hard and i go to the bill and i go time for dinner <laughs> <laughs> so how much josh i can follow up to your question about what was it it wasn't a trial I guess you would call it a proceeding. It was, you know, I guess it was an impeachment. It was, it was an animal unique to itself. But our roles changed. We didn't know what our roles would be when we got yeah. there. We thought we did. They, we, we had look. We had a rough day. The first day was was rough. So we a lot of things changed because they 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 should have changed. And when I look back on it, and I came very close to not going for reasons that are not that important. But the, when I look back on it, that uh, time in that LBJ room was something I'll never forget because mm -hmm. I'm a student of 20th century history. Uh, I read a lot about Johnson, that the, that wonderful Caro, uh, those volumes, you know, Master of the Senate and Path to Power. And he was renowned for, you know, putting that big bear paw around you and, mm -hmm. you know, cajoling people. So the, the big palatial room uh, uh, immediately adjacent to the Senate floor is called the Linda Bain Johnson room. And, you know, we were able to wheel and deal out of there, and it just was terrific. It was just a great experience. You know, it, it must have been fascinating, and that's why I, when people say, like, would you take the case, I'd be like, I mean, for so many reasons. Of course I would take the case. But it must have been fascinating on so many different levels. But one of the things that was fascinating to me, that's why I, I hate to start sound like a nerd and start with procedure. Real many and real lawyers take that <laughs> that's case. That's right. Exactly. That's right. But did you think, Mike, at any point in time that, during this proceeding, you were going to be the one doing fielding questions from from senators at, at any point during the proceeding. No, in fact, in, in fact, I wasn't supposed to. But uh, we had an early ex. It, it, you know, it was just an audible was called, and you know, really, kind of as it's going. Bill and I had been thinking about the questions all along, but we really anticipated other people uh, answering them. So. Uh, and it was that part of the rulemaking process that was voted on and that was that they that they came up with that procedure that will just take questions at the end rather than any other like live witnesses. No, and Bill Bill would probably actually know this better than me because he negotiated a lot of this this uh, stuff. But um, if if certain things had happened, um, there could have been witnesses after the questions. 
and there was there was something I kind of forget all of it right, but the, there was something about the need the, the sequencing of closings and questions and the possible witnesses. Uh, um, but you know, Bill, there was a scenario, uh, guys, where, and I don't want to you know give too much inside baseball uh, uh, information away, but in, in in broad strokes, you know, the proceeding was bizarre. You you decide if you're going to have witnesses after the case is made, you know, it's, it's all backwards, but right. I'm telling you, I don't care what may have been said by the other side. I am telling you that we had a stipulation that there would be no witnesses. And the morning of, uh, the lead manager said, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I can't imagine <laughs> such a thing. So, uh, they wanted to put one triple hearsay witness on about a phone call that was allegedly made by our client through two other people and we huddled and we gave them a list of, I think it was 376 mm -hmm. witnesses that we would uh, call, <laughs> and, which was most of Congress, uh, the, the speaker uh, from her on down. And then Mike uh, invited them to his uh, office in Philadelphia and they, they made great hay with that. But I think when they saw 376 witnesses, they reconsidered that they found that stipulation uh, did exist after all. But the, uh, I mean, it was just a lot of that. It was a lot of that on the spot, uh, and, you know, decision-making and, and changing of plans. But your question to Mike shows, uh, you know, uh, 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 what a great lawyer is because he had no intention of playing that role that he did. And he stepped up and he knocked it out of the park. I yeah. thought he did. I, I know the client thought he did. How much involvement did you have with the client directly, if, if at all? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking you. Does Don call you up and say, you know, hey, Mike, oh, my good you job. Know, great job, Bill. Know. You guys are doing great in there. What's going on? But truthfully, some of the um, most enjoyable times uh, for Bill and I was uh, was talking to the client. I mean, you know. Did you get daily access with him? Um, uh, it, we didn't talk to him every day. There were days we talked to him a couple of times and then, you know, a couple of days when we were in it, we really needed to be in it um, and didn't need much from from him. Right. Um, you know, in the first day or two, he was very, you know, a little uneasy, uh, like any client when they have to watch the prosecution's case go on, you know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was, you know we're going to get there. We're, you know, we're, we're going to come out swinging. So, and, uh, you know, of course, we did that. We had to agree, though, guys, uh, before we went down there, uh, that certain things were non-negotiable on our part. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the rumors that I heard um, when we got back and, you know, during the time we were there were uh, these guys are doing it for the press. They'll never get paid. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. These guys are Trump hacks, and they're going to go down there and talk about stolen election. Completely, uh, uh, totally unbased in fact. Were you told uh, by anybody to argue that? Was that were you encouraged now, to argue that? No, and and we would not have done it. Uh, and as far as you know, like being, you know, Trump hacks, um, you know, it's come out in a few articles that were fair or more or, or let's say less unfair than most of the press. I think was um, Mike uh, set up his office last year as a satellite voting registration location filed a lawsuit where our client was named as a defendant, and Mike spent last summer marching with Black Lives Matter. 
I mean, not once, not twice, but all summer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's 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 atrocious that that fellow lawyers, fellow fellow Philadelphia lawyers, would attack uh, their brethren for going down and ethically representing a client who needed uh, a defense. When Mike got back, uh, he was an officer in the Philadelphia Trial Lawyers Association, which, you know, I don't, I'm not in that world because they, they are exclusively civil in their membership, but, you know, he was kind of shown the door. And then some knucklehead uh, wrote an article in the, uh, like an op-ed piece in the legal, and I believe that uh, he is now a defendant uh, in a defamation case where Jim Beasley is uh, is or you know Mike's lawyer, and you know people have to pay for what they say. Yeah, uh, it just it was tremendously. Uh, we we got back to Mike's house. I I parked at Mike's and we drove down together, and we had to wait for the uh, armed guard to move his truck to let us in the driveway where Trader was spray painted on Mike's concrete. This is <laughs> So well, you know, but, my mother would say, Mike, they they say those bad things about you because you're doing important stuff. You know, you're doing good work, yeah. and you're doing, you know, yeah. you can't stand up there and do the right thing and always be well, everybody's sweetheart. Far, you know what I'm saying? As far as the couple girls on the student council, I, I, you know, I, I don't pay the, I don't pay those gals. No, never mind. Anyway, but uh, um, and 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 you know, they know who they are. That. Um, uh, as far as the defenses were concerned, nobody told us anything about any defenses, frankly, because nobody had any idea what what the, the really the charging evidence was going to be, uh, and so it was very much uh, um, uh, you know kind of always uh, moving, bobbing, weaving, and, and putting it together as we went. Certainly, uh, putting together an eighty-page brief in in you know uh, record time uh, with really solid results because of a strong team of people coming together. Um, uh, you know, that, 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 that was set, but there was so much, there was nobody, nobody could tell you what to do and nobody tried to certainly from the Trump side, tell us uh, what arguments were ours. Ours were free. We had two rules where there, there was, uh, no election fraud and no Rudy. I think. Was, uh, <laughs> Wait, were those your rules or somebody no, else's? No, rules? Help from, no help from Rudy. No help from Rudy. We didn't need him. <laughs> did you have? Did you have any interactions with Rudy? Did he? Did he attempt no, no, to get involved no, at no, all? No. no. I will tell you though that uh, we were treated like um, kings, Bill and I, and the whole team. And Bill and I, you know, were most prone to accept being treated like kings. <laughs> So most amenable, and, and you know, so uh, you know, so uh, we worked our, our tails off for sure. But you know, we 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 had our time uh, where where we were able to relax and eat fantastic food and and enjoy wonderful service. Meet fantastic people who work at that Trump International and people in his management team, just top to bottom. I mean, we had so much fun, and they, they really wanted to, to, to please, whether it was ironing my underwear uh, every morning before I had to put them on, or, or making sure that my salmon was baked in um, organic for my main, main maple syrup um, uh, with the white rice for dinner. Well, it's true, guys. I know, I know the client you know, is a bellwether for emotion, both positive and negative, but uh, taking the politics out of it, 
just the way that hotel is run. I, the, the guy that runs the place, if, if you know, I didn't sleep much. So if I was up at five in the morning to start working, he would appear. If I get up at three in the morning and have a cup of tea, uh, he would appear. Yeah. I mean, I said to him at one point, Macau, it must be a casket upstairs with dirt from Transylvania. He's like, no, no, I just, I, I, I like to make sure everybody's happy. And I said to him, well, how long have you been working for, you know, the boss? And he said, 18 years. He met a lot of people that were in his employ a long time. That's so, interesting. You know, I understand people have formed opinions, but we probably got a little closer to him than most of the public. And just from our I'm totally objective. I, I went down there as a lawyer for a client. I have no political bent one way or the other. He, he treated us fairly. And just last word on that issue about, you know, what we did down there. We had three legal arguments. All right. We had uh, jurisdiction uh, and we had uh, uh, First Amendment. And then we had, you know, burden of proof. And the only time the phrase stolen election was ever mentioned was in the house manager's brief and in their argument. So I mean, we played it clean as a whistle. Uh, so, you know, I can understand that we went down there and we, you know, we just, you know, uh, were just mouthpieces for the client's agenda, but that didn't happen. We weren't asked to do it by the client or his team and we wouldn't have done it. So when we get back and the main focus was on Mike when we get back and there's such a visceral uh, uh, hatred <laughs> for what we did down there, it just it amazes me. Although I won't mention names because I, I, I it just won't do it. But there's one lawyer that was really leading the charge, but you know he kept his fin under the water. But we, we uh, I know who, who it was, and you know it's disgraceful that they would represent this person. I bet, God forbid. You know, uh, the, he's that tall, and the family went to him. I got bonsai plants. I'm gonna sign them up like there was no taller than this guy. Bill, I got bonsai plants in my office that are taller than this guy. Well, I, I think, I think, you know, I think a lot of people were expecting that. I think there were so many rumors, uh, because that there were a number of lawyers that that quit ahead of time. That there were all these rumors that, like, you know, Trump wanted, you know, his his attorneys to argue the, about the election and all that stuff. And I think it's really a credit to you guys, and you're and a really a great reflection on Philadelphia trial attorneys for the whole country. What again, taking politics aside, that you guys went down there and you and you made the arguments, right? You didn't, you did. There wasn't. It wasn't politics. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't about an election or anything like that. It was. You know, listen, this is our client. This is what he's accused of. They haven't proved it for this reason. This is what the burden of proof is here. And this is why he should be acquitted. And I, and yeah, I think we, it's a real. You know, we, we, we went. You're absolutely right. We went down there and we smoked them. Yeah. And uh, and we did it. You know, I mean, that that uh, that Raskin, you know, people say bad stuff about him. But I tell I caution them. Don't do that. He's my bitch. And you don't talk about my bitch that way. <laughs> but uh but no, we we went down and we spoke to them, and we smoked them by protecting the Constitution, the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, you know, the whole due process arguments. And now we got back. We're defending the Sixth Amendment, the chill. You know, I mean, uh, from 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 colleagues to law professors to mainstream media, the people in my own family pressured me to to not do this 
And uh, I, I got a lot of that too, guys. My my yeah. seven children are progressive liberals, and <laughs> one one works in that world, and uh, she pulled out all the stops. <laughs> The Friday before that Sunday, so, you know, yeah. 70 or 48 hours earlier, I was driving home and I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a flyer on it. And a very well-known, uh, tremendous criminal lawyer in Philadelphia with an Irish surname, uh, whips and chains will not pull the name Brian McMonagle. <laughs> he called me and said, hey, what are you going to do? I said, ah, I might take a flyer. He said, are you out of your mind? You get in that car and you go down there and do your job. And. I'll be forever grateful uh, to him for that. But, uh, you know, we, we, we have nothing nothing to uh, hang our heads uh, uh, down about. I mean, we went down there and we tried the case on the lawn. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, what, what people, uh, Pierre had said, you know, there were so many expectations that we could go down there and kind of whore it up. And it just never happened. It was never going to happen. Well, Mike, I the think biggest, I saw... You know, one, of the, the, one of the biggest critiques was... Well, well, one, you heard a couple of things. One, you heard that it was that it was already done, that, mm -hmm. that we were going to go down that, there. That's what I wanted to ask you about, Mike. That's what I wanted to ask you about. Absolutely untrue. Yeah. I got to tell you, after the second night, um, uh, 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 chief of staff for uh, uh, that... Uh, Economy. Yeah. Uh, that guy. He, he, he comes to us and says, look, he's got 14 people and you don't have him. You guys need to start showing us something. Ted Cruz came up to us. Uh, uh, Mike Lee came to us. And these guys were in our ears the whole time. Hey, we got to bring stuff back to the voters. You know, so that day, three hits. And, and you know, and we said, hey, we got it. But uh, that, that, and so, you know, I know you wanted to touch on that. But uh, we went down there and uh, everybody uh, did the best they could in defending the Constitution, we all put our politics to the side. And uh, for those of us, you know, who, you know, because we had some young lawyers down there mm -hmm. who I think, you know, whose knees were just, you know, just shaking. But Bill and I had so much fun down there. It was, uh, it, it, you know, you would think that the pressure of that kind of world stage uh, would feel uh, great on your shoulders. It didn't for us in any way. I mean, maybe because it just having Bill there was, you know, a, a, a good guidance for me, you know, somebody with with all that experience. But uh, um, it was just dang gone fun. And what we got, the other thing we had trouble for was um, our, the, our style, the style in which we presented it. You know, um, uh, I have a lot of different clubs in my bag. And uh, this this thing, I think I wrote this one somewhere. This thing felt much more in the moment, like I needed a driver rather than a putter, hmm. or even a rescue seven. You know, I mean, it, it, we had it. We had to come out strong after those first two big days. But that was all very strategic and tactical. It's really what needed to to have happened. I don't not sure that the defense could have gone anyway. I think we could have lost the case if we didn't go hard. Uh, and and be zealous and, and vigorous with our defense. But what we really tried to do was we tried to take these legal concepts, First Amendment, uh, uh, due process, um, jurisdiction, and we tried to break them down uh, and talk about them 
to everybody, not to a jury of 12, but to the world that was there mm. watching and listening and to teach them why it's so important that this document be held up, even in the Senate, especially in the U.S. Senate. You know, they didn't want the, the, the First Amendment to apply. They didn't want uh, any of the Constitution to apply. They believe that Congress, and it's an interesting legal argument, they believe that Congress has more power than the Constitution, mm -hmm. rather than the Constitution having more power than Congress. I guess it's been a debate I wasn't aware of going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. But, uh, of course, the Constitution wins. I, I don't know what fool thinks he or anybody of he's and she's is so great that they overcome that document. Well, we learned a couple things too. At the end of the, you know, the first day was jurisdiction, and we, our plan was, uh, you guys might recall that, uh, almost in a pre-trial scenario, the Senate had kind of voted on whether or not they felt there was jurisdiction, and you know, they, they, we, we kind of knew the answer, but our plan was to put on a brief. Um, on the law type presentation and Mr. Schellen was going to present. Mm -hmm. So we were, we were kind of on cruise control, we thought. And then at the end of the manager's presentation, the lead manager referenced a un, unthinkable tragedy he had just recently experienced in his personal life. And it, it was just so uh, heart-wrenching, to, to us included, that uh, Bruce came in and said, "Look, you know, everybody's got a tear in their eye, a lump in their throat." And we, we were we were moved also. And, and the audible was called, and we all supported it. We stand by it to this day that you know Bruce would go in and kind of take the temperature of the room down a little, you know, make a little more folksy approach. So we learned that folksy don't play in D.C. So now we know <laughs> that. And then um, he also complimented, as you guys, you guys are fine lawyers. Uh, complimented the prosecution, which is something most good lawyers do. We learned that that is perceived as weakness. So we learned we learned as we earned, so to speak. But we we came back non-folksy and non-complimentary uh, when we had our chance to put our presentation on, and that seemed to work for these you know bloodthirsty people down there. But to, to show really that at least for me, and I know Mike feels this way. It was completely apolitical, non-political. The three people that left the most favorable impression on me, uh, one was a prosecutor and two voted against us. It was um, Stacy uh, Plaskett, who was the delegate from the Virgin Islands, uh, the tall African-American woman you may, may remember, very, very, uh, very polished in her presentation. She was a real lawyer. She, I think, was a Brooklyn DA for a couple of years. She was aces, and uh, Susan Collins, who's a Republican senator from uh, Maine, but voted mm -hmm. against us, and uh, the president of the Senate, or, or presided over the trial, Pat Lee, a Democrat from Vermont, they were the three people, at least for me, when I look back on it, that I was most favorably impressed with. So, you know, the, the, the three I pick are uh, all against us. <laughs> And I guess that's a good way of, um, first of all, I, I agree with a lot with what you said about the representation part. You guys have all done criminal cases and you've all had that talk with your spouse about representing somebody and the people that you won't. Is there, conceivably, and this is a hypothetical obviously, but is there somebody you couldn't represent without re you know revealing necessarily why? 
Bill, is there somebody you would draw the line for and say I couldn't? I... Gosh, you mean like just in, not related to this? Not related to this. I, I would say to you that uh, the best answer I can give is that I, I've represented a lot of people charged with a lot of bad things. A couple of times, though, I learned during the representation that I couldn't do it. There was a fellow about 25 years ago. Um, when Judge Diamond just went on the bench, maybe it was 20 years ago, and I won't get into the facts, but it, it was clear to me that I just I couldn't represent him. I couldn't continue because I, I had such a visceral dislike for what he did that it was affecting my ability to be objective. But I mean, it's the old it's the old adage, you know, if Hitler called you, <laughs> would you represent him? You know. We would all love to say, no, we wouldn't, but we are lawyers, and obviously Hitler's not going to call us. He's long gone. But if if the 21st century version, you know, Bin Laden called, or, you know, it, it would be tough. So I, I don't have a line in the sand. Um, I have walked away from cases if I didn't feel, and it wasn't necessarily the fact pattern alone, if I just didn't feel when I was with the client, if he or she just weren't connecting. Uh, but I, no, I don't really have a line in the sand. And to tie it into this case, you know, when a couple of my kids were really lobbying hard for me not to uh, do this, I said, well, what about this one? You know, or this, you know, cases that they knew of that were egregious. And they said, but this person's really, you know, so I just... I had to just bills bills separately for liberal children. <laughs> they don't know how hard that man works for them to feel free to be liberal. <laughs> I got two, I only got two, and I, I know what I'm talking about. But Mike, um, did, 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 have you changed your views in any way? Any I mean, any anything you learned from this representation? Or, I mean, I like the way when you I, I was going to say you I read this in the paper. You talked about why. And somebody might have asked you why, and you said, well, very simply, this is what we do. This is what we do. Now, you know, I don't think there's anybody I wouldn't represent, you know, other, other than myself. I mean, I wouldn't represent myself. Um, I'd want to, you know, I wouldn't want, I want to, I've got to want to do the case, like Bill would say. Would I, do I turn away cases? Yeah, I turn away cases. Um, but frankly, the bigger the case, the more likely I'm going to want to do it. Right. And the more important the case, the more impactful to the case to our country. And, and I think this case is very impactful. I mean, if I ever got in trouble, I called John Morris. John Morris calls Bill Brennan. And now I got the makings of a pretty good team for myself, you know. Uh, but, uh, no, I, 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 you know, there's, I didn't learn much. I mean, we went down there and, and I learned Washington's broken. Uh, and uh, and I'm learning. And I'm learning. It's good to have uh, Bill Bowa uh, alongside you, because uh, uh, Bill Brennan alongside you, because uh, things are going to turn out to be a lot of fun. Uh, we really. Uh, it was a lot of work. Lot of fun. It was a lot of fun uh, because I enjoy working with Mike, and I like Mike personally so much. But it really was a, a great experience, and I almost blew it by by not doing it. I'm glad that I saw the light. Was the uh, was the champagne waiting for you in in the seven thousand square foot suite when you came back? Was it chilled? Was it? Did you have to that pop it? Be, was there a guy there with the saber that just came across and boom? 
We actually went to Tiffany's private area for the champagne. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you Tiffany's did. Tiffany's private uh, party room, the party, whatever they call it. Well, gentlemen, to the victor goes the spoils. And, and I, yeah. I say that's, that's what I have to say about that. This has been fantastic, uh, much better than I had planned because Pierre and I usually aren't that interesting. Um, but we were just delighted to have a few moments to speak with the legal team to uh, Donald J. Trump in his second impeachment. Not the first one. There was two. So this was the second one, in case you look back in history. But this was the, the more important one having to do with the, you know, all, the, all those events at the end of the year. And um, when somebody needed an attorney, they called and they found two fantastic Philadelphia attorneys in Mike Vanderveen and Bill Brennan. And I'm sure that the president is very thankful. But we are thankful that you guys spent some time with us tonight. Very much so. Oh, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. We just had a wonderful 45 minutes to an hour with them talking about the behind the scenes of the, the, Trump, the defense of Donald J. Trump in his second impeachment. And now before they leave... In a tradition uh, that goes along with being a guest on Justice for All, they will now compete against Pierre. Um, either one of them can beat Pierre. They will answer individually five questions and only five. I will ask each one individually. You will write the answer down on your sheet. Then we will have the reveal, and then we will go to final. I guess we could call it final Jeopardy. I don't think we'll get sued. It's a final Jeopardy type question, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with Jeopardy. And, and, and any... I'll let you. I'll let you both know. I think I've only lost once, and that's despite Josh constantly skewing the categories against me, usually making them very <laughs> Philadelphia centric, as I didn't grow up here. So I'm just so he's 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 rooting for you. Well, guys, tonight there's a theme to every quizzo, and in honor of you guys, and thinking about what I know about you guys and, and that great victory party that you must have had, and wishing I could have been a part of that rat pack that was down there at in Washington, D.C., defending the president, the theme of tonight's quizzo is the rat pack. Yes, you know, that rat pack. Oh, so, 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 you know, up here. Yeah, I, I don't know who they are. I, just, I have a feeling. Bill might know, know a little something to do about that. Anyway, question number one, multiple choice. Which of the following four was not a member of the, bat, of the Rat Pack? Was it A, Frank Sinatra, B, Dean Martin, C, Don Rickles or D, Sammy Davis Jr.? Just write your answer down. Keep it to yourself. A, Sinatra, B, Martin, C, Sammy D, or, or C, Rickles, D, Sammy D. Question number two. The name the Rat Pack was often used to, to refer to this group of singers. What did the members of the group refer to themselves within the group and it was not the rat pack this is a tough one maybe maybe i'll make this a multiple choice no multiple choice you just guessed that question number three in what las vegas hotel did the rat pack 
famously perform in for years in Las Vegas. It was imploded in 1996. Little hint. Question number four. What person is generally credited with originating the name the Rat Pack? Who dubbed the Rat Pack the Rat Pack? Hint, she was married to Humphrey Bogart. I knew it was a machine. You know, sometimes I give clues, Mike. It's not, uh, again, this is, it's a Jeopardy-like quiz. Not not everybody can be a brilliant uh, trial attorney like you and Bill. Okay, now let's go to the reveal. That was interesting. When I read the answers back now, we will reveal yeah, our answers. Wait, wait, number five. No, that's for the but final. We build up the suspense. Jeopardy. We, yeah. we oh, build up whoa, the suspense okay. first, okay? <laughs> Question number one, which of the following was not a member of the Rat Pack, Bill Brennan. It was C. Don Rickles. C. Don Rickles is correct. That was a layup, I think. Mike, yeah. you... I had it. Oh. I had it. All right, everybody gets one point there. C. Question number two, what did the Rat Pack refer to themselves as? Anyone want to guess? Venture a guess. I think, uh, Josh, it was, but it was spelled with a C. I think it was the clan. That is a huh? good guess. That is incorrect. Oh. They're almost as old as, as the Rat Pack. Do you know? Do you remember that? I would have thought that was it. They called themselves the, the Summit. S U M M I T. Like they were the really? big meeting of important people. The summit. Right. Now, question number three: the Las Vegas Hotel, Pierre, that the Rat Pack I, I, famously performed in, imploded in 1996. Is it the Sands? It is. The correct answer is the Sands Casino. Look at that. The young one pulling that out. Opened in 1950. This all all predates me by like 50 years, you know. I had the Sands, then I crossed it out and wrote Caesars. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So after the first four, we got, what's your score, Bill? How many did you get out of that? Well, you didn't do you didn't do the fourth one yet. What was the fourth one? Oh yeah, who named the, the Rat Pack the Rat Pack? Anybody? Greta Garbo. Let's go to Bill Brennan. Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall is correct. Got it. You didn't get Lauren Bacall. Yeah, I did. Well, you gave me the Humphrey Bogart clue. Oh, I guess I shouldn't have done that. Okay. <laughs> now, right. now I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to lawyer it up. According to uh, Josh Trebek, mm-hmm. I'm three out of four. But I, I am going to, I am going to put an objection on the record. I stand by my answer. It was the Klan. Mm-hmm. I believe the summit, the summit, is what they referred to when, in '61 when they played. They were filming Ocean's Eleven by day and appearing there at night. They, they said that was the summit, but. I believe that it's the clan, but I'll just say three out of four. Bill, hold on a second. This has never happened before in the history <laughs> of Quizzo. Well, wait a there minute. Has wait been, a minute. Your objection a, has been taken up by the competition committee 
And they have decided to give you credit for that. The clan will be accepted. Yeah. Holy cow. Normally I say my sources the internet argue with the internet. Um, like doing a prelim in Harrisburg. <laughs> it doesn't matter because everybody knows everything can flip-flop in final jeopardy. All right? All right. Here's what we do. Bill's four out of four. I think Mike's two out of four. Pierre's three out of four. You bet it all on this final jeopardy question about the rat pack how many times was old blue eyes frank sinatra married now hold on let me get to get the music hold on a second Okay, let's go. This has been a great time speaking with Bill Frennan and Mike Vanderveen. Thanks so much, guys, for spending... Oh, hold on. Did, I, did I put it up there? Let's see. How many times old blue eyes Mike Vanderveen? Four. What do you have there, Bill? Four. Four. Pierre Latour? I don't know if you can say. I put five. Four is the correct no. answer. Martin... Let me see. Sinatra Wait a minute. Was... Did, he, did he ever marry the same woman twice? Hold it on. Was Nancy, Nancy, Nancy Bonato, Ava Gardner, Mia Farrow, and Barbara Marks. Oh, that's why he's the best. Oh, that's on. why he he's the, the best, man. ladies wow. and gentlemen. That's why he's the best. You're the president of the United States, and you only get one call to make. Who do you want to call? I would like to see a copy of the emails between you and Brennan before Jeopardy when you guys worked out the category, I think. Well, wait, Pierre, you know what's funny? I, I sent, I, I don't know where it's at, I sent Pierre an email. I don't see it on here. Maybe it was a text. I sound like Jack on Trotter at the Sands. Jackie, you do a tight 20 and yeah. Mr. Sandro. <laughs> That's why I thought he threw me a bone here. Talk about in the wheelhouse. I mean, now, in I the a, absolute wheelhouse a, there. about a 6X on that shirt, Josh. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Mike and Bill and Pierre, thanks so Not much. Better, he's out of here. Mr. Sinatra's left the building. He's left Peter. the building. <laughs> Mike's, Mike's chasing after justice. I can see that I'm right now. Justice is medicine, ready. This is the best podcast we've ever done. Uh, hopefully, I recorded it. Otherwise, I'll call you guys in about five minutes, and we'll do it again in an hour. Hey, we're here all week trying to veal. Tip your waiters and waitresses. <laughs> for Pierre Latour, I'm Josh Scarpello. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, guys. See you guys. It was a blast. Take care. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. See you, guys. Bye-bye.